This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brooks Jensen, Anacortes, Washington. Master and Man by Leo Tolstoy. Section 5. Vasily walked through the porch, peered about in the darkness till he discerned where the sledge was, took the reins, and climbed in. All right in front, he cried. Petrushka, kneeling in his own sledge, started his horse, and Brownie, with a loud neigh as he scented the mare in front of him, dashed away after her. They issued thus into the village street, passed the outskirts, and took the same road as before, the road which ran past the yard with the frozen linen, although the linen was quite invisible now, past the barn heaped with snow, and from the gables of which a cloud of snow-dust kept blowing, and past the bending vines with their mysterious murmurings and pipings. Then once more the travellers were launched upon a sea of snow, which raged both above and below them. The wind was so strong that when it was upon their flank and their wrappings filled before it, it actually careened the sledge to one side and threw the cob out of his stride. Petrushka kept shouting encouragement as he drove his stout mare ahead of them, while the cob followed her closely. After about ten minutes driving, Petrushka turned aside and shouted something, but neither Vasily nor Nikita could tell what he said for the sound of the wind. They guessed, however, that they had reached the turning. Sure enough, Petrushka had wheeled to the right, and the wind, which had hitherto been chiefly on their flank, now met them full in the face, whilst something could be seen showing black through the snow on their right hand. It was the copse which marked the turning. "'God go with you,' cried Petrushka. "'Thank you, thank you, Petrushka.' The lowering tempest hides the sky, shouted the lad once more, and vanished. Goodness, what a poetry spouter, remarked Vasily, as he started the cob again. Yes, he is a fine young fellow, a real honest moujik, returned Nikita, and they went on. In order not to squander the warmth engendered by the tea which he had drunk in the hut, Nikita wrapped himself up well, hunched his shoulders until his short beard covered his throat, and sat perfectly silent. In front of him he could see the two dark lines of the shafts forever cheating his eye and looking to him like the ruts of a beaten road, the cobs tossing flank and knotted wind-blown tail, and further ahead the animal's lofty dugah, nodding head and neck and disheveled mane. At intervals, posts would leap into sight, and he would know that the sledge was still keeping the road, and that there was nothing for him to do. Vasily held the reins loosely, leaving it to the cob to guide himself. Nevertheless, although Brownie had had a long rest in the village, he went unwillingly, and as though he would like to turn aside at any moment, so that Vasily frequently had to straighten him again. There goes a post on the right, two, three, counted Vasily, and there is the forest in front, and he went on to himself as he gazed at something showing dark ahead of them. However, what had seemed to him a forest proved to be only a bush. 
This they passed and had covered another fifty yards or so, when, behold, there was neither forest nor a fourth post to be seen. Never mind, we shall be at the forest in a moment, thought Vasily, as, excited by the vodka and tea, he jerked the reins again instead of pulling up. The willing, docile animal obeyed, and, now at an amble and now at a moderate trot, went whither he was driven, although he knew it was in the wrong direction. Another ten minutes passed, and still there was no forest. "'We have missed the road again!' exclaimed Vasily, at last pulling up. Without speaking, Nikita descended from the sledge, and after tucking up his halat, which sometimes clung to him and sometimes flapped up and down, according to the strength of the gusts of wind, began to flounder about over the snow. First he tried the one side, and then the other, and thrice vanished altogether. At last, however, he returned and took the reins from Vasily's hands. "'We must go towards the right,' he said brusquely and decisively, as he turned the cob in that direction." "'Very well, if to the right, to the right,' agreed Vasily, as he surrendered the reins and thrust his numbed hands up his sleeves. Nikita said nothing more beyond crying, "'Now do your best, my pet,' to the cob. Nevertheless, the animal moved forward only at a foot's pace, in spite of all Nikita's shaking of the reins. The snow was knee-deep in places, and the sledge moved through it in jerks with each stride of the animal.' Presently Nikita took up the whip, which had been hanging over the splashboard, and used it once, whereupon the good cob, unused to its lash, plunged forward and broke into a trot, only, however, to subside again into an alternate amble and walk. They proceeded thus for about five minutes. It was so dark, and there was such a swirl of snow both around them and on the ground, that it was scarcely possible for them to even see the cob's dugah. Sometimes, indeed, it was almost as though the sledge were standing still and the ground gliding backwards from it. Suddenly the cob stopped short, as though he had scented something in front of him. Nikita threw down the reins and leapt lightly out in order to go to the cob's head and see what he was jibbing at. But hardly had he taken a single stride ahead of the animal when his legs shot up and he rolled down some steep declivity. Whew, 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 he kept exclaiming all the time he was descending and trying in vain to stop himself. But his course was only arrested when his legs plowed their way into a deep snowdrift at the bottom, while, shaken by his struggles, the drift overhanging the bank above him descended upon his head and crammed a large portion of its mass down the back of his neck. "'What a one you are, then,' said Nikita reproachfully, both to the snowdrift and to the ravine, as he attempted to shake the snow out of his coat-collar. "'Nikita! Nikita!' came in a shout from Vasily above, but Nikita sent no answering call. He was too busy for that, for he was employing all his energies in shaking himself and searching for the whip which had rolled away somewhere while he was shooting down the declivity. Having found it at last, he tried to reascend at the spot where he had come down, but found it impossible to do so, since he merely slid back with each successive attempt, so that finally he was forced to proceed along the bottom to find a way out. Nevertheless, 
Only a few yards from the point where he had descended, he found a place where he managed to creep up on all fours, after which he began to walk along the edge towards the spot where he judged the cob to be. Both cob and sledge were wholly invisible, but inasmuch as he was walking against the wind, he could hear Vasily's shouts and Brownie's welcoming neigh some moments before he actually caught sight of them. "'I am coming! I am coming!' he exclaimed. "'Why make such a fuss about it?' It was not until he was almost upon the sledge that he was able to distinguish the cob with Vasily standing beside it, the latter looming very large in the obscurity. "'How the devil did you manage to lose yourself?' began his master angrily. "'We must turn back, and at least try to return to Grishkino.' "'I should be only too glad,' retorted Nikita. "'But which way are we to go? "'If we fall into this ravine, we might never get out of it again. "'I myself have just found it pretty hard to do so.' "'Yet we cannot stay here, can we? "'We must go somewhere,' retorted Vasily. Nikita said nothing, but sat down on the rim of the sledge, pulled off his boots, and shook out the snow which had collected in them. That done, he gathered up a handful of straw and carefully plugged a hole in the left one. Vasily also said nothing, as though he meant now to leave everything to Nikita. When the latter had finished pulling on his boots again, he tucked his legs into the sledge, put on his mittens, took up the reins, and turned the cob parallel to the ravine. They had not gone more than a hundred yards, however, before the animal pulled up short. In front of them lay the ravine again. Once more Nikita got out and went probing about over the snow. He was absent for some time, but at length reappeared on the opposite side of the sled to that which he had started from. "'Are you there, Andreich? he shouted. Yes, replied Vasily. Well, what now? There is no getting out this way. It is too dark, and there are too many ravines about. We must try driving back against the wind. After doing so for a little while, they stopped, and Nikita once more alighted, and went creeping about over the snow. Then he remounted, but only to alight again almost immediately, until at length he came to a halt by the sledge in a perfectly breathless condition. "'Well, what?' inquired Vasily. "'Only that I am fairly done, and the cob nearly so, too. "'What are we to do, then?' "'Wait a minute.' Nikita departed again, but returned in a moment or two. "'Keep close behind me,' he cried, as he walked on before the cob. Vasily had now ceased to give orders, but humbly obeyed Nikita's directions. "'This way, after me!' cried the latter again, as he turned sharply to the right, and taking Brownie by the head, led him downwards towards a snowdrift. The cob held back at first, and then made a plunge forward, as though to leap the snowdrift. Failing in the attempt, he sank in up to the collar. "'Get out of the sledge!' cried Nikita to Vasily, who had retained his seat meanwhile. Then, grasping one of the shafts, he exerted all his strength to help the cob drag the sledge out of the drift. "'Pull, my pet!' he cried to Brownie. "'One good pull, and the thing is done! Now, now! Just one good pull!' The cob made a brave effort, and yet another, but failing to extricate himself, 
settle down as though to reflect upon the situation. "'Come, come, my pet, this won't do,' Nikita adjured Brownie. "'Now then, once again!' and he tugged at the shaft on his side, while Vasily tugged at the other. The cob shook his head for a moment, and then plunged forward, suddenly in another attempt. "'That's it! You're not going to be buried this time, eh?' cried Nikita encouragingly. Another plunge. A second. A third. And the cob had cleared the drift, and stopped short, shaking himself all over and breathing heavily. Nikita was for dragging the sledge a little further yet, but Vasily was so exhausted with the weight of his two heavy coats that he gave up and climbed in again. "'Let me rest a minute,' he said, as he loosened the handkerchief which he had wound round his coat-collar before leaving the village. "'Very well. There is no great hurry,' returned Nikita. "'Sit still, and I will lead the cob.' Accordingly, Vasily remained in the sledge, while Nikita led the animal forward for about ten yards, down a slope, and then up again a little way, and finally came to a halt. The spot where he had done so was not actually in the ravine itself, where the snow blowing off the hillocks and accumulating might have buried them entirely, but in a spot partly sheltered by the lee side of the ravine. Occasionally the wind seemed to drop a little, but it was not for long whilst, as if to make up for such lulls, the blizzard would increase tenfold after they were over, and tear and swirl around the travellers more cruelly than ever. One of these violent gusts struck the sledge just as Vasily was descending from it to go take counsel with Nikita as to what they should do next, with the result that they could only cower down without speaking until the fury of the squall was spent. As for Brownie, he flattened his ears and shook his head in disgust. When the squall had abated a little, Nikita took off his mittens, tucked them into his belt, blew upon his hands, and set to work to unfasten the bow rein from the dugah. "'Why are you doing that?' asked Vasily. "'Because there is nothing else to be done,' replied Nikita, though half apologetically. "'I am absolutely tired out now.' "'Then aren't we going to try and get any further?' "'No, for we are only exhausting the cob for nothing,' said Nikita, pointing to the animal, where it stood patiently waiting for what might be required of it, yet scarcely able to hold itself upright on its stout, sweat-belathered flanks. "'Brownie is willing enough, but he can hardly stand on his legs. There is nothing for it but to spend the night here.' Nikita said this as if he were proposing to put up in an inn-yard, and went on unfastening the collar throng until the two clasps of the collar fell apart. "'But we shall freeze to death here,' cried Vasily. "'Well, what if we do? It cannot be helped,' was all that Nikita vouchsafed to reply. This ends Section 5